0: Welcome to the Donnybrook Podcast. I am your exciting host, David.
1: This is Amanda.
0: And it's John. Why are you exciting? I'm curious,
2: what's the difference? This this Is it 2019, the year of excitement for you? The year of excitement. Is
0: that what was on your Chinese calendar? <laughs> I actually just all of a sudden realized I had to say something, and, and it was the first word that popped into my mind. What? So it is actually exciting today because we have a podcast first. We have a special guest. So, I want to introduce everybody to our very good friend, Brent. Hi, Brent. Yay! Hello. I feel like there should be crowd noise behind <laughs> Yes, yes, noise. yes. Can we do some crowd <sighs> noise? Ah, woo!
1: Yeah. Clapping. Mm-hmm. We're so, good at that.
0: Brent is a very good friend. He is a gardener. He is a reader, a voracious reader. A very smart person. See,
1: we're going to have a Donny Brook already because oh, wait, the wait. look on his face is already, you okay, are wait. misdescribing me. Yes. Yes.
2: Is that, the first, bit, that's is that fine, how you though. walk into a room? I'm a gardener and a voracious reader. Sure. That's, we'll go with get it. Get closer to your microphone, dude. Come on now. Closer. <laughs> are they And okay. more closer. Oh. <laughs> okay. So what did you garden last?
3: What? Dioscorea uh, the Yams.
2: Oh, there we go. Good. Okay. Yeah. What did excellent. you read last?
3: Uh... What did I read last? I'm trying to think. What was the last thing I found? What did
1: you read? You read for book club last? Tahanu?
3: Yeah, Tahanu. Oh, Dune. you guys
1: just did
0: Tahanu and book club?
1: Yes, we did. Lucky. Oh, that's great.
0: <laughs> Boy, now I'm upset that I wasn't there.
1: And you're excited about it, even though it's in the past.
0: I know. It was such a great book. Even though it wasn't 20.
1: 20- what was it? Was it
0: 2019? 2018. 2018. 2018.
1: 2018. It was yes. still 2018. Yes. All right. So it's 2019.
0: 2019. Here we are. Well, it's very good. Did any of you, do any of you, did any of you make uh, New Year's resolutions this uh, year? No, no, I did not. Are you sure? Did you, Amanda, did you make a New Year's resolution to eat more chocolate?
1: I did not. Not this year. Not this year. Okay. That no, I, th- I actually, I made that resolution one year. Quantifiable. I also made a resolution to spend more money one year. Uh, when I finally graduated from college, okay, and I made a resolution to start drinking more. The year I decided to try <laughs> an alcoholic beverage for the first time, okay. so, so I took a sip of champagne, and, and, and that was accomplished drinking, more. drinking more. I had accomplished. So what you're saying is you more.
2: you only do resolutions that you are guaranteed to yes. succeed in. Yes. So there aren't like push goals or anything like that. Anymore.
0: No. Push
1: goals. No.
2: Stretch goals. Stretch goals. Thank you. Excuse yeah. me. Oh, I
1: have made a resolution to gain weight before. Really? Yes.
2: Was there an unhealthiness that necessitated that goal?
1: No, I I was going to have a baby, so.
2: Oh, my gosh. I needed to gain weight because I was pregnant. Did you do anything this year? (laughs)
3: Resolution-wise? Yeah. No, those are for people who can't get things done.
0: Ooh, Ooh, okay <laughs> pew, So pew. Uh, John, do you have any resolutions this year?
2: Uh, yeah, because I can't get anything done. I decided <laughs> that uh, I was gonna so I'd never used the Goodreads uh, app before or not ex- not extensively. and so this year I punched in um, a 50 book reading goal for the, for the year.
0: Okay, so, is is the Goodread is it an app on the phone or is it a website?
1: Yes. yes. <laughs> Sorry, all of Excellent. the above. Okay. <laughs> so,
2: yeah, Mandy, you use it more than I do. What you want to describe? I mean, it. Well,
1: yeah, it's reviews just reviews I mean, and a, tracking and accountability. I think ostensibly, it's for book reviews and book ratings. It's very terrible at book reviews and book ratings because because mm-hmm. um, it's social media for book lovers. Well, yeah. Well, currently, Twilight is ranked higher than The Brothers Karamazov, which I'm sure we can all agree is an absurdity.
3: Feminism, but it. Feminism,
1: (laughs) yes, yeah, we gotta uh, advance those women authors. (laughs) Um, But I use it to track my reading, and they did add the um, the reading goal thing a few years ago. Um, and the reading goal or the reading challenge that they added, so you could set a number of books you wanted to read each year and it would track it for you, didn't work for me until they added rereading to oh, the right. website, because right, yeah. like half of my reading is rereading. So right, I'd, right. I'd set a goal, but it would represent le- half of what I, I read. So that Amanda, was...
0: how many books are you hoping to read this year?
1: Well, I haven't set a goal for this year, mostly because I, I set... So I, I
0: because you don't have a problem getting things done. I don't. Or getting well, reading done. I don't <laughs> have at a, least reading a problem done. getting reading. done. You don't need I, to set a
2: stretch goal like I need it. It's going to be it's going to be challenging for me to read 50. Like I, I know I can do it, but I'm going to have to be. You're going to have to discipline. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. I'm going right. to say, OK. OK. So last year
1: I read, read one hundred and seventy five books. You cheated. Well, you told me you cheated. I pushed a little bit at the end and read some short ones to make it up because I was a I was a little bit you're, behind because
2: you had a stretch goal. Well, I didn't books intend to, but yes, yes, I did. See, it okay. works.
0: Lazy so, people. So it works, Brent. There, take it. Some it. of them like were it, like pamphlets, right? Well, is what you're telling a little me? longer
1: than pamphlets, but okay. Like, yeah. like novellas. Uh, uh,
0: um, uh, what is it that, um, a modest, uh, goodness. What was it? A that, Modest that, Proposal. A Modest Proposal. Jonathan, so I, like, yeah. I should have read that. That would have been a good option. Great. Yeah,
1: but I didn't like it because I didn't like doing that at all because that reading was relatively meaningless, but I'd set the goal and I wanted to, and so I. Did finish it, but what am I going to do for this year? Um, my all time reading goal is what if you 201? What if
2: you did like a genre specific thing? Like, only record on good reads um epic poetry, and you read a hundred epic poems in this year. Mm. Idols of the King, no,
1: a hundred epic poems. Oh, yeah,
2: there's totally a hundred epic, but that's part of the challenge.
1: A hundred <laughs> good epic poems,
2: no, that's just part of the challenge.
1: Okay, Idols of the King, Brent. Yeah. Uh, epic poem. The,
2: there's
3: the a rhyme Mormon of the ancient minor There's a Mormon one. Yeah. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> what is it? And how do you know this? Uh, I, I was just trying to remember the title. Oh, I'm looking it up. <coughs> Keep yeah. going.
2: Just just stumble along until I find it.
1: How so, did you? How did you learn about this Mormon epic poem?
3: Oh, uh, uh, when I used to scan off uh, books.
1: Right, I, because in addition to being a gardener, you're a preserver of arcane texts, yes,
3: including
0: epic Mormon
3: poems. Yes, so I uh, I came across it in the library one day.
2: They didn't write the Book of Mormon in verse, did they? It,
3: no, no, this is like okay. a legitimate epic. He was trying to uh, imitate Milton, I believe. It's been a while since I've
1: okay. So basically, the Mormon Paradise Lost. Yeah. You should probably Google Mormon Paradise Lost. That'll okay. Epic us. of Gilgamesh Ooh, yeah.
2: would go on this list. Okay. Beowulf, Beowulf, right?
1: Right. Beowulf, yeah. Yeah, both Iliad you and the could Odyssey. Use, uh-huh. You could use the a Aeneid. number of
2: things from Tolkien.
1: I'm reading Dante right now.
2: Dante, there go. We're up to, look, we're up to five.
1: Woo, 95 to go. <laughs>
2: 95, that with five in like under five minutes. <laughs> What'd you say, Mormon Paradise Lost?
3: Brent,
0: yeah. should I have said horticulturalist? Would that have been more accurate? avid horticulturalist
3: yeah amateur botanist
0: there we go amateur botanist that's even better we're getting we're getting this narrowed down here didn't didn't you used to Uh, raise meat
1: rabbits at one point
0: wasn't that a thing
3: yes that's also a thing
2: that's a thing and and any stories that you want to share from that
1: Maybe none for public record.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna say none for public record. Oh,
2: okay. Well, then off we're gonna have a after pod. Just noting that there
1: are statutes in the city of Boise about how many animals you can have on a city property. Is that
3: that is correct?
1: Did
2: you have to hide some in like a crawl space at some point or something along those lines? No. No, <laughs> <laughs> that I was never convincing. Did. My <laughs> goodness. No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, my goodness. OK, this conversation's going nowhere fast. <laughs> All right. So anyway, I'm, so, I've read a book uh, already. We're we're a weekend. I've got one down. I've got one that kind of I'm cheating because I read about half of it the first uh, last year. But I I'm finishing it up. I'll so finish. you're already
1: pushing for that stretch goal.
2: I'm pushing <laughs> for the stretch goal. That's right. I've got two under two weeks. Very, very attainable. So you're and really third going for started. a book a week is what you're going for. I'm going for a book a week. Yep. And um and I like I but I read the speaking of epic poems I read the the rhyme of the ancient Marner in oh. this and it shows up in goodreads as and then as I as a whole book. And I put it in just to say I'd read it just for tracking purposes and I'm yes. like oh that's not a book. That's just a long that's hardly even a long poem. Poem, oh, um, right. It's but,
1: a, it's not an epic.
2: No, but I would count in your list of 100. Oh, you would. Oh, totally. Okay. So totally.
1: it won't count for your 50, but it'll count no, for my 100. No, it shouldn't 100. count for
2: my... No, I won't count it for my own okay. 50, okay. even though Goodreads did. No, I will not. That's not...
0: Can I just say that I love you people so much because all I had to say was a mod... Uh, and you knew exactly what story I was talking about. A modest proposal? A modest proposal. Well, that
1: is just... This is why you're friends with nerds. You're my people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, well, nerds,
2: I was reading... So I've never I've never read much of Wendell Berry. Um, but I've been, several people have been recommending, uh, him to me. And so I, I picked up one of his essays this week and just read it and it was, uh, was fast.
0: Uh, Well, first of all, David, have you read Wendell Berry? I have not. Tell me who Wendell Berry is, when he wrote and what his favorite color was?
2: Uh, Favorite color is green, clearly. If you look at any of his writing, you will figure that out quickly. Um, He is still living? Yes. But he's in his 80s. He's an yes. old coot. He, yes. He is a... Uh, I think
1: that's an apt description, and he would probably be flattered by that. He'd be okay probably. with that. Probably. Yeah. He
2: is a, a literature professor who left his uh, tenure track at a New York university. I forget which one. In literature, to go back to Kentucky and um, and live on the family farm,
0: he had tenure, or he was on he track? was
2: on track, okay. I believe, and he. Is, I don't know if you know
1: anything about academia, but tenure track jobs are rather valued.
2: And uh, yeah, and in the literature field, working in New York, you know that there's something about the whole two coast phenomenon. Oh, yeah. So, um, his friends were just mortified when he when he took a, a clear demotion, self demotion. Um, but he's written, um, a, a fiction, poetry, and, and essays. He's, he's generally considered a conservationalist. I don't know. Um, environmentalist may not be inappropriate, um, given some of his political activity. Um, but I, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not really That's kind an of expert.
0: Vague. Do you mean he, given some of his political activity, G- where does he I, land on the political scale?
2: Well, I don't know I don't know where he lands Republican Democrat, but I know that he is he is very concerned with care the, the care of
0: earth. Okay. So. So like Tolkien Tolkien level kind of I yeah,
2: again I'm not I, I'm, I'm yeah. reading my first essay, man. I don't yeah, yeah, know. Yeah. I don't, okay. I don't okay. know. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah, no, I'm
1: just trying he's to get He's definitely on the ant side. There. Okay. So <laughs> yes. so
0: he's kind of an ant. Got it. Yeah. Okay. An yeah. Thank you.
1: Yeah, that's a perfect
0: description. He's
1: totally
2: an ant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So anyway, I read this post, and, and this essay talks um, about um, the conservation movement, and it talks, but the thing, the part of it that was appealing to me, the, the title of this is Think Little, and he wrote this back in the 60s, um, but the part that was intriguing to me was um, his his high value on private responsibility over public outcry, mm. and so he, has, he kind of dismissed, well I'll just read you the excerpt and we can talk about it. If we, are to ho- if we are to hope and correct our abuses of each other and of other races and of our land, and in our effort to correct these abuses is, it, uh, is to be more than a political fad that will in the long run be only another form of abuse, then we are going to have to go far beyond public protest and political action. We are going to have to rebuild the substance and integrity of private life in this country. We are going to have to gather up the fragments of knowledge and responsibility that we have parceled out to bureaus and corporations and specialists and put those fragments back together again in our own minds and in our families and households and neighborhoods. We need better government to be sure But we also need better minds, better friendships, better marriages, better communities. We need persons and households that do not have to wait upon organizations, and I think we could insert here politicians, but can make necessary changes in themselves and on their own. And that's kind of the the general thrust. And then he goes on to talk about the the difference between thinking big, which is how we're told to to make change in our culture or in our society, is uh, through big changes of uh, you know political action, laws, and protests, versus thinking little in the day to day smallness, small things that that make up every single person's life. Uh, and I I just I got done reading it and that really resonated regardless of whether where I come down politically on like, he's talking a lot about conservation in this article, but that piece of it resonated with me a lot. And I just, I got, I guess I wondered your guys' thoughts on, on that one paragraph.
1: Well, so the, the thing that leaps out to me is just how much even more in um, our day with our, Uh The news cycle, the social media information cycle, the public facing nature of activism or, you know, like people do and say things in order to be seen by as many people as possible. And I think that that goes doubly for anything that they consider that we consider moral. Right. Like we're going to perform our morality Mm -hmm. on a public stage and so that seems in an outgrowth of what he was saying there about uh the public outcry or the waiting on an organization or we're waiting on personalities mm-hmm. or trying to become personalities that influence culture rather than being people who live in a way that conforms to our convictions and and find ways to implement them in our in our daily choices
2: yeah i think that's yeah he he says um Again, this is in just a couple paragraphs below. Someone comes up with a problem and someone in the government has a plan or a law to fix it. The result mostly has been the persistence of the problem and the enlargement and enrichment of the government. <laughs> that, that The emphasis um, always is on controlling uh, the the problem from above rather than...
1: Right. Well, and i've I've definitely heard people. I've heard activists argue that you know I can make all the choices I I want to about reducing my specifically about environmentalism. I can reduce my carbon footprint as much as possible, but it's not going to have nearly the effect of what a corporation does. And so, why are why are we focused on whether or not I drive a, drive a Prius when you know, right? Uh, Levi denim washes a bajillion gallons of chemicals into the, into Chinese rivers.
2: Right. Right. And, and he, his, he is drawing a bunch more questions like draw. Again, I'm trying to avoid the politics of the whole thing, but he's, he's saying things like, well, (laughs) if you know where your products are sourced, that's part of your responsibility too. Right. And, and taking that into consideration and calling for reform is part of the individual responsibility, and if enough individuals are are making that a priority, then change will will happen.
1: Yeah, I think, and part of what it, well, what I'm getting from it is he's saying that if you're you're building your life around these convictions, and you're building your community around convictions, and so yeah, maybe sourcing. Uh, yeah, again, it's right, since we're talking right, right, about right. the environmental stuff, it keeps coming back to that. Like, right, I'm, right, right. I'm going to source fine. my fair trade coffee. um because that's what's you know because that's what i i think is right and important um can we shift the conversation maybe not to talk about the environmental stuff as much but can we apply it to a different sphere like
0: morality or like maybe some of the uh, things we see like in what politics. kind of morality well I think it's so interesting like the, we're all
2: uncomfortable with talking about it with the so I, of, I
3: am very interested that you guys are uncomfortable yeah, talking about that too I am because too as so somebody the, who you know lives in our ecosystem and is dependent on it for life I it's like it doesn't seem to be a left or right political thing to me it just Seems to be like this is so, oh, but we it should is, all...
2: it totally is. Mm.
1: Well, I no, I think you're right, it's not a left it or right thing, be, but the, but the is. language is really loaded. Maybe that's why I'm uncomfortable. Because if I say fair trade and organic, then
3: well, that's just that, that's nothing at the end of the day, right. those are just monetized terms that right. lazy people buy into.
2: Yeah, but there's lots of lazy people who bought lots of who've bought into it with him. a lot of money. So they are, yeah, <laughs> yeah, with money and with and with ability to make you know decisions on our day to day jobs. So mm-hmm. I think so so. Uh, isn't it isn't it Lewis that says uh, in screw the Screw Tape letters? Yes, I made the first CS Lewis reference of twenty nineteen. <laughs> Whatever we already have. Um, the end, so, <laughs> but isn't it? He says our father below. Uh, Does the his best work when he takes a word that is valuable and clouds it to the point of unusability or or something. Makes it mean butchering it, but makes the word use useless. Lewis is
1: much more eloquent than that.
2: Yes, I I agree. Yeah, that's very true.
0: (laughs) So so this this whole concept seems to be a very ethical, um, a very very uh, to be a very Christian ethic of. Personal responsibility of having your heart changed, and having your heart, having a changed heart, being outworked, uh, the the outworking of that changed heart being um, a changed life, which is the essence of what Christianity is, of what the Christian life is, is the the, the whole tension between faith and works. So, um. I guess what I was gonna say is I think it's I, I I would look at it like so let's look at um you know, it's it's easy to stand up and yell about abortion, but are you doing things in your life that is making a change? Are you supporting people personally who might be considering that? Are you doing things to support um organizations and groups that are helping the problem and not just yelling about it.
1: Yeah. I think that's a good example of the way we can have, um, a a sense of, uh, an issue as a public movement rather than one that it, rather than being something that we actually have to do something about today because it needs to be, things need to be taken care of. Um, so yeah, I think that's, and, and then, um, I th- screw tape came up in my mind again because uh there's the great scene where um he Screwtape is talking about one of his patients being in the British Museum and having a dangerous train of thought and um, having to distract him because he's trying to teach Wormwood that, you know, you're you're, you're not to argue with them or try to convince them. Um, maybe in, in a day and age where when someone was convinced of something, they actually believed that they had to do it modern man walks around with a half dozen contradictory ideas in his head at all times right so maybe part of what Wendell Berry is getting at here is you mean
2: the part where he says the trouble about argument is that it moves the whole struggle on the enemy's own ground that part yeah Yeah, we found that part we couldn't figure out the other part okay he can argue too, whereas in uh, whereas in really practical propaganda of the kind I am suggesting he has been shown for centuries to be greatly in fear the inferior to our father below by the very act of arguing you awake the patient's reason and once it is awake who can foresee the result <laughs> even if a particular train of thought can be twisted so that it ends in our favor you will find that you have been strengthening in your patient the fatal habit of attending to universal issues and withdrawing his attention from the stream of immediate sense experiences your business is to fix his attention on the stream Teach him to call it real life and don't let him ask what he means by real. Yeah. Lewis is fabulous. Yeah, he is.
1: So that idea of um, being the kind of people who think that uh, uh, live like their convictions ought to have real um, daily practical outworkings. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. So... so, And that's far more hopeful. Yes, than trying to convince... Well, then
2: living your life like just to say with the the issue uh, at hand, like to live your life in fear that the world is going to um abuse itself to death, that we're that we're killing the planet and that there's nothing i can do about it regardless of how many things i recycle and how many protests i go to that is a far that's a that's a very morbid way to live as opposed to what
1: waiting what, for the the death of the planet right right that's a that's well, don't a don't read articles about the acidification of the ocean
2: mm-hmm. oh okay, well okay <laughs> Why would I, why would I, why did you put that on your epic poem last year? <laughs> okay. Well, I think. It wh- seems about right. Uh, Brent, can you
1: write a, an epic poem about the acidification of the ocean, please? Uh, <laughs> might be out of my skill set. <laughs> might be out, okay. Uh,
0: oh, man. Well, speaking of epic poems. Oh, boy.
1: Is it really an epic poem?
0: Yeah, I, I feel like it is. So I have. <laughs>
1: and, and we all know that what we feel is what governs reality. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, especially what I feel. <laughs> so I have this uh, this book called Every Moment Holy. It is the coolest book. It is a book of liturgies. And it's it's got liturgies for... Which for... liturgies,
2: it really means prayers, I would say.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's prayers. It's this wonderful kind of way of focusing on the truth in all the, 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 points of your life. So there's, there's liturgies for the, the hours for waking and sleeping. And there's, and there's liturgies for things like, um, getting together for, a, for, a, uh, you know, a dinner. And then there's liturgies for things like, um, going to work. And liturgies for changing diapers, and a liturgy <laughs> so for. So it's
3: literally a medieval book of hours that <laughs> yes. um, that's been modernized. Sure. Okay.
0: Absolutely. And some of them are, 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 are very beautiful, and some are kind of practical. And there is this. this is the one
1: about changing diapers silly? It seems like it would have to be. It's really not. It's it's wonderful. There's actually two of them because he had two different <laughs> things to say about it. Twins.
0: <laughs> exactly.
2: You would understand this. Ding 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 ding. Those of you who don't know, David has twins, I, yes, and they're I getting do. close to being at the end of this
0: they phase. Are, aren't they are. They are. We are right in the throes of uh, potty training, which is just a delight, isn't it?
2: <laughs> so you're going to read us that one.
0: So I have this this. Um, no, I'm not actually though. That's a, that's a wonderful one. And maybe I'll read that another time, but this <laughs> is a, this one really came out like a poem. It's called a liturgy for those who weep without knowing why. And, and it, it goes like this.
1: I don't, I don't know if it can live up to that title. That's a great title. Well,
2: can we make fun of you at points or do would you like us to just let you
0: read this? Well, why don't, why don't you just listen? Okay. <laughs> there is so much loss in this world. O Oh, Lord so much that aches and groans and shivers for want of redemption, so much that seems dislocated, upended, desecrated, unhinged, even in our own hearts. Even in our own hearts we bear the mark of all that is broken. What is best in this world has been bashed and battered and trodden down. What was meant to be the substance has become the brittle shell, haunted by the ghosts of a glory so long crumbled that only its rubble is remembered now. Is it any wonder we should weep sometimes without knowing why? It might be anything, and then again, it might be everything. For we feel this. We who are your children feel this empty space where some lost thing should have rested in its perfection. And we pine for those nameless glories, and we pine for all the wasted stories in our world, and we pine for these present wounds we pine for our children and for their children too knowing each will have to prove how this universal pain is also personal we pine for all children born into these days of desolation whose regal robes were torn to tatters before they were even swaddled in them O lord how can we not weep when waking each day in this veil of tears How can we not feel those pangs when we, wounded by others, so soon learn to wound as well, and in the end wound even ourselves? We grieve what we cannot heal, and we grieve our half-belief, having made uneasy peace with disillusion, aligning ourselves with a self-protective lie that would have us kill our best hopes just to keep our disappointments half-confined. We feel ourselves wounded by what is wretched, foul and fell but we are sometimes wounded by the beauty as well for when it whispers it whispers of the world that might have been our birthright now banished now withdrawn as unreachable to our wounded hearts as ancient seas receding down some endless dark we weep O lord for those things that though nameless are still lost We weep for the cost of our rebellions, for the mocking and hollowing of holy things, for the inward curve of our souls, for the evidences of death outworked in every field and tree and blade of grass, crept up in every creature, alert in every longing, infecting all fabrics of life. We weep for the leers our daughters will endure, as if to be made in reflection of your beauty, or a fault for which they must pay. We weep for our sons, sabotaged by profiteers who seek to warp their dreams before they even come of age. We weep for all the twisted alchemies of our times that would turn what might have been gold into crowns of cheap tin and then toss them into refuse bins, as if love could ever be a cast-off thing one might simply be done with. We weep for the wretched expression of all things that were first built of goodness and glory, but are now their own shadow twins. We have wept so often, and we will weep again. And yet, there is somewhere in our tears a hope still kept. We feel it in this darkness, like a tiny flame when we are told, Jesus also wept. You wept. So moved by the pain of this crushed creation, you, O Lord, heaved with the grief of it, drinking the anguish like water and sweating it out of your skin like blood. Is it possible that you, in your sadness over Lazarus, in your grieving for Jerusalem, in your sorrow in the garden, is it possible that you have sanctified our weeping too? For the grief of God is no small thing, and the weeping of God is not without effect. The tears of Jesus preceded a resurrection of the dead. O Spirit of God, is it then possible that our tears might also be a kind of intercession? That we, your children, in our groaning with the sadness of creation, could be joining in some burdened work of coming restoration? Is it possible that when we weep, and don't know why, it is because the curse has ranged so far and so wide? that we weep at that which breaks your heart because it is also broken ours, sometimes so deeply that we cannot explain our weeping, even to ourselves. If that is true, then let such weeping be received, O Lord, as an intercession, newly forged of holy sorrow. Then let our tears anoint these broken things, and let our grief be as their consecration, a preparation for their promised redemption our sorrow sealing them for that day when you will take the ache of all creation and turn it inside out like the shedding of an old gardener's glove. Oh Lord, if it please you when your children weep and don't know why yet use our tears to baptize what you love. Isn't that beautiful?
1: I think my favorite line was the, kill our best hopes to keep our despair half contained or mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that was really good
2: i think brent should uh, should give us his benediction after that after that poem go nope. just calling no you pressure. out like that no pressure just you got ready set oh what am i you you're just telling us your thoughts on the poem oh
3: um well there was one line in there that kind of sent me down a thought path where it was something about the ruins that are around us. But I was, uh, when, Oh, I don't know if I could find it right off hand here, but the, uh, yeah, the ruins of, uh, yeah, I'm, I can't, but one thing I was thinking about is, um, like when you're out walking in the wilderness or in the, Mm -hmm. out in the sagebrush flats, Mm -hmm. um, a lot. Of, it's pretty easy to see um, something that's man-made. It stands out. Like right. mm-hmm. if something's been crafted by human hands, you can see it. And um, recently, I came across a a large arrowhead that it. Well, it's actually a spear point, but um, it, and it had been cracked, and it's a little bit jarring because you think you're, you know, you're like out walking, and you're like, oh, I'm out off the beaten path and nobody's been here and for a while and then you look down and uh, oh here's somebody that was uh hunting megafauna mm-hmm. and here's the remnants of him being here mm-hmm. however many thousands of years ago and you mm-hmm. just uh you look down and it's like yep this was fashioned by human hands and i'm the type of person that starts thinking like oh here you know it's like well who was this man that yeah. did this like what Like, what did he know of things? Like, what did he, you know, how did he view the world around him? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. what did he know? What
0: was life like for him?
3: Yeah. And it's, it's just a, it's a little bit jarring because you're, you know, it's like you're so, there's millennia between you and this guy, but yet here's, you can clearly see that, you know, he had a mind, he had a design, he chipped away at a piece of rock and he made the spear point and you know you're just like well what was he thinking there but like here we are and ha- have things changed that much you know it's just like we're a, you know i got a smartphone instead of a spearhead <laughs> and there's no mammoths <laughs> no mastodons running around but like have things really changed all that much and it's in some ways like he's He was probably a little more in tune with the created order and the way that God set things up because he had the seasons and he, you know, didn't have indoor heating and plumbing. And it's just all that (laughs) stuff that, well, it's all those comforts of modern life that removes us from. I'm kind of going back to the, uh, the New Year's resolutions, too, because it's like so much of the New Year's resolutions, it seems very artificial to me. And it's like, oh. Sometimes I'm just like, "Ah, what's the point? Like if you have one of those aha Damascus road moments like, Mm -hmm. oh, I should stop eating my wife. I shouldn't <laughs> kick my pet. You know, I should stop stealing from the poor. I shouldn't it's put a,
2: too many rabbits into my crawl space. Not...
3: That's that's positive law. That's different <laughs> than moral law.
2: Um, oh, sorry. I touch a little close to home? Keep going. Sorry. You, you know, have a you good role.
3: Just, You little, You're, you're just confusing your through. categories yeah. over here. But, uh, you know, it's like those are things you should change now. Like, why right. wait until there's a time... In the future be like oh, in oh 2019 in 2019 that'll right. be the year that I you know I, stop. I give up meth exactly <laughs> so it's just that it kind of bundled in there like all those like we, we set these artificial dates and we we think we're so advanced and right mm-hmm. at the end of the day like if you gave me some rocks I probably could not make a spearhead but or fire, or well, I could do that. But
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's just uh, some
1: things are easier than others.
2: Yep, I just have to imagine that I'm eight years old and I can do fire really quickly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so that um, that tension between advancement and um, and I don't know regression, right? Like, so mm-hmm. technological advancement has given us so many great and wonderful things and, um, has so disconnected us from, uh, so disconnected us from the, the world that we live in, the, the created world that we live in. So, um, you said that about, you know, he, he was more in touch with the created order. He, you know, his, his life is governed by the seasons. Um, and I've been, um, struggling with insomnia lately, which I mean, like perpetually, but also lately, and um, was talking to someone today about how much easier it would be if we uh, could live our lives uh, governed by circadian rhythm and mm-hmm. not under artificial lights all the time and not getting up to an alarm. And, you know, I, I can manage my sleep cycle much better if I keep, you know, my phone and my laptop out of my bedroom, um, if I make sure I turn them off, a, a while before I go to bed, that kind of thing. Um, but how much more to, um, yeah, to to not be constrained by those things. So because we have cars and artificial lights and, um, uh, you know, ele- electric heat and uh, all these things that we can do, that means I have to be at work at 7.15 in the morning, even though it's winter. And, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just... Inhumane, but
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So,
0: I think um, there is definitely a part of me that yearns for waking up when it's light, going to bed when it's dark, and waking up in the middle of the night for the watches of the night, and and changing diapers. Not for changing diapers. Okay, I wait. Don't yearn for you that. You
1: actually work for yourself, though. You can do that, can't you? Because uh, that was what my I'm. Um, uh, my friend i guess um at work what what we were talking about is how if if we freelanced or something you know there'd be a lot more freedom to adjust your life like that
0: sort of um but i have kids that have to go to school in the morning oh yeah they're and governed by yeah they're i mean you know I, and i live in the world and I, you know i've got to get, get up for meetings and you know have got to this, uh, yes, yes. Technically, yes. I. You have a have bit a more, freedom more freedom that way? A little more freedom, yeah. It, probably the way that that freedom works it out is that when I'm excited about something, I just stay up all night and work on it.
1: Right. Using yeah. your technology to extend your working hours exactly. and not to... Exactly. Yeah.
2: But that's not an un, in an unhealthy way. That's an expression of your giftings. Yes, yes. That's not workaholism. I, I've known you long enough to know that's not like... that's that's you working into your strengths, not you being a workaholic. Right. Which, but,
1: but culturally there's definitely, yes, n- yes. yeah, not David. That's but, why
2: I'm, uh, that's why I'm def- cl- yeah. clarifying that. For, on, because... on my behalf. Thank
1: you. <laughs> yeah. But there, but there is that trend, you know, um, you know, you have what your work email on your phone mm-hmm. or so if something goes kablooey at your department, then they can bug you Sunday morning at 3 a.m. Right. Like,
3: yeah. And it happens.
1: right and you know if we couldn't contact you easily at 3 a.m on a sunday morning or then yeah this is why
2: david hires people on the other side of the world so that they're (laughs) awake at those
1: times
0: (laughs) i have a i have a friend who works for a technology company here and he's on the the tech team and everybody who and everybody on that team is just on call and when their servers go down at three in the morning, everybody shows up, up, and they are dealing with it. And they don't have to get up and drive in, but they're up. And and you know, when you wake up, and uh, my uh, my one of my employees calls it having a code brown. <laughs> 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 when, uh, when you wake <laughs> up and you have <laughs> one of those, mm. you're probably not going to go back to sleep again because your heart is boom 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 boom. Right. Yeah. Right. Um. But yeah, it's, uh, we do, we live in a, I I was reading this, this interesting article actually uh, last night when I probably should have been sleeping. Uh Were you using
1: artificial light for that?
0: Oh, totally. (laughs) (laughs) I was reading on my smartphone about- Oh my goodness, worse and worse. The coming 5G um, thing. Have you guys read about 5G?
2: I've I've no. I've read no. like brief articles. It so, sounds so like a no. marketing term. five so, so G no, 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 no. is
0: the new wireless standard that's being rolled out right now. Yep. And it is going to be much faster. I mean, Does that mean
1: I can just download books directly yes, into my brain? You can download so almost. people. Almost. You can you down- download be, people. people I mean, I, I mean, direct. The, okay. Yeah.
0: It's gonna be ten times faster than what we have now on our phones.
1: Because I know that the the big thing in my life right now is I just feel like my phone is too slow. Yeah. Right. I get but, my text messages and Read them the same second. Every single. I want to read them before they arrive. Virtual
2: reality <laughs> has to have a way of being delivered.
1: Oh my. Well,
0: well, well, and and it's you're going to have all the devices in your in your house in your life connect. Everything is going to be connected no. to the web. I, and, I I am. Well, most people. People so, will. But here's the but here's the thing. They're they're installing. They're going to be installing in the next year twenty thousand satellites. There are right now seventeen hundred satellites up what? above the earth right now. In the coming year there's going to be 20,000 satellites going up. SpaceX alone is doing 12,000 of them. And these satellites are going to be shooting 5G signal directly to the phones, just blanketing blanketing the earth. So there's So we're
1: be... not going to be able to see the stars anymore?
0: Well, no, but the thing is like like there's so going to be It's these this 5G is is on a much higher I believe it's a much higher um, spectrum so it's very short the wavelengths are very short. They're saying it'll be able to be like very targeted, and there were a whole bunch of things I didn't really understand. But the <laughs> <gist> <laughs> is that they have guy. not done a lot of research about how this is going to affect people. Mm-hmm. So basically, these bursts radiation. of uh, yeah going right into our heads, stuff, like, scrambling our brains. This stuff like really um,
1: will tin foil hits, protect me? Hits <laughs> through
0: like like pores. And really seeps into the body. This these very short, short targeted bursts of radiation. It's got to be enough that it can like get through people, hands, and heads, and things to get to phones. And the 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 gist of it is is that there's some real health concerns about this new five G thing coming, and it ha- that haven't really been addressed by the big telecom companies. So, so would Wendell Berry
1: tell us to go and and protest at SpaceX or?
0: there's not going to be any way to avoid this. Like you can't just move to an area that doesn't have a lot of Wi-Fi because it's coming from the sky.
2: So, I mean, I, I I don't know the answer on the Wendell Berry thing, but the, 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 the way that I have been processing that this week has been, has been like this, the, the, if we're going to see, if we want to see a higher ethic out of people, if we want to see different morality out of people, um, it's going to have to. It's going to have to be from the 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 bottom up, not the top down. And so, if what we're asking for is ethics from big telecom companies, it's going to mean that individuals who run big telecom companies and who are making decisions all along the way um, have a different um, have a different almighty god than Mammon. Mammon. And if we don't, then. <laughs> We'll deal with the consequences of you know the the potential ramifications of the health crisis when we get there. But for the the time being, right? For the time being, uh, you know, if it helps the the stock um, the (laughs) stockholder, that's our ultimate customer. That and if that's the mentality that is held all the way from the bottom to the top, um, then yes, that's Mm -hmm. that's going to continue to happen. And if if people have a different value system. then that will change. the The other challenging piece of this that that I don't feel like uh, Barry and we were kind of talking about this before we got on the podcast, but Barry doesn't address is that it can't all be individuals. There has to be, there has to be, um, there has to be a place where we see this in countries where we cease being individuals and we become us. And there has to be enough people. Mm-hmm. Who have a similar value system that it can become an us, yeah. and that ultimately is what I think turned the Roman Empire upside down with Christianity, and um, was there was a a complete change,
1: a new us.
2: There was well there were, it, at an individual level, people
0: that's how slavery took, was abolished in England. That the, the there was enough us mm-hmm. that it. And it came from the bottom enough individuals who the began people. viewing themselves it came from as from the people, and it worked its way up mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. government
2: because mm-hmm. the people who were in power, the advantages were for them to continue in yeah. the slave trade,
0: and they had to have pressure from too many us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So that's the that's the challenge that I don't again I've read one essay and like two poems by <laughs> Wendell Berry, <laughs> so he may address this another. It may, it's it, I'm not trying to you know shame Wendell Berry. I haven't
1: read but, any essays. I've just read two novels, and he didn't really address the.
2: Right, in, because, yeah, because yeah, that's just that's, not <laughs> that's not where you're gonna do that. But, but that's Although, the I piece. Mean, of it I that guess I...
1: actually, though, that would that would connect in a way because um, his all of his novels are built around what he calls the membership, mm-hmm. which is this idea that um, you live in a community and you are a member of the community, right. and that creates a a web of mutual obligation and mm-hmm. commitment and and loyalty. And so his novels explore different aspects of that, and so that that seems like the us thing you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah, that's that's fair.
2: I think that that yeah. makes sense. He does clearly have like a sense of uh, ethic towards the people who are who come before and the people who come after.
1: Right. I was
3: I was gonna say. That's kind of like Neil Stevenson's progression from Snow Crash to Diamond Age. Whoa, 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 whoa! Like yes,
2: Windleberry and Neil Stevenson. uh well, like, yes, I love it. I love it. Like Keep going
3: talking about similar things, but they're working them out in uh, different environments. Hmm. Because in Snow Crash, you have there's kind of the uh, cyber trope where it's the it's the powerful individual. I'm sorry, I am a very quiet person. So it's like the powerful, the cyberpunk trope is the powerful individual who's uh, very skilled, can quickly adapt. Um, But so in Snow Crash, you have, it's okay, he literally, he's hero protagonist. Yeah, so
1: Neil Stevenson writes a book where the main character's name is hero protagonist and it...
3: (laughs) But it works. Yeah. (laughs)
1: you don't hate him for it yeah (laughs) no
3: but then in diamond age you get to like the uh the character that you think is going to be the protagonist he's kind of a sketchy cyberpunk type guy who's got all the augmentations and he's operating outside the law like he gets killed off in the first chapter and then you have the uh there's like the concept of the I think it's files if anybody wants to correct me feel free but it's just that it's the free association of people Mm -hmm. and that's like the individuals are are weak and vulnerable even the most strong individual um, like there's a point in there where the protagonist she's literally uh, tied up by a guy with a sharp stick and she is, she's very knowledgeable. She's, uh, she's a very intelligent person. But because she didn't have a file, um, people to watch her back, uh, people with shared interests and shared goals, uh, yeah. just a guy with a sharpened stick was able to,
1: yeah, take so. her out of the action. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, um, I, I mean, that, that comes up in Snow Crash with, um, hero trying to figure out what's going on and then it, what gathers around him is mm-hmm. sort of a proto file yeah of a, a tiny community of other loners who mm-hmm. make their own way and and figure things out themselves and the world is too complicated and evil is too evil and they can't they can't stand alone against yeah. right mm-hmm. so it, it's like th- there's definitely a movement through snow crash and then culminating in diamond age with the spoilers um, <laughs> <laughs> the Close the mouse ears. army um, not literal mice yeah. um, the mouse army at the end um, you know being all the girls all the all the little girls that were rescued from orphanages and were taught skills where they, they protect and guard and fight for each other and and create the the file that will allow the the actual protagonist not the one you thought was um to accomplish their ends. So
0: I cannot believe the guy's name is Hero. That is just H I R O. Japanese oh, spelling. H I R O Hero. <laughs>
3: well, Cuz he's half Japanese, half African American. So, yeah. So yeah, cool. Hero.
1: Yeah. It really works. And Neil Stevenson can literally do anything. I'm reading another novel of his right now where the world has been taken over by a World of Warcraft type video game Um, and, and people's lives are being continually scanned and then projected into the video game universe so that all real world activities have a medieval armed combat analog. And so you can...
2: And you know what? You know what it took to do this book? 5G, <laughs> 5G <laughs> baby,
1: that's what this came from. We've come full circle. <laughs> Amanda, Amanda,
0: I think this year you should read children's books. What? Mm. Yes, I think you should read kids' books, not like 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 uh, like like young adults. Like box boxcar like children. children. Everybody poops. Like, like, <laughs> like how, go Good to night, some, moon. Go to something <laughs> to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. There um, was
1: there was an on uh recording fist bump going on there in case yeah, none of yeah. you heard that. Yeah, that
0: was uh that was pretty good. Um but yeah, like 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 well-done young adult novels. I think that's what you should do. Like how many of babies? them? Well, how many could you read? How you many, many are What am I not going to be able to how read many, anything else? How many well Like how been... can
1: I read children's books and not ever read any of the other stuff that I normally read? I believe that C.S. Lewis said
0: something about children's books. What did he say? I read the Chronicles
1: of Narnia every year. I'm talking
0: about the Chronicles of Narnia. Just like the, she the, reads
1: the Hobbit. I also read the Hobbit every year.
2: <sighs> have you read, have but you read- Could I go a year without any theology Chronicles or philosophy? Of Friday? No. You should read those.
1: I'll, wait. They're Alexander's not- Chronicles of Friday. Is that what you just said?
2: No, <laughs> Lloyd Alexander's Chronicles of Prydain.
1: Oh, okay. Well, that sounds a little better. <laughs> okay. But... I don't know. I I'd, read. I'd
2: read a book called the
1: Chronicles, Chronicles yeah. of Friday.
2: Munchings and crunchings. Munchings and crunchings. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's That's a
1: r- that sounds like a Joel Osteen book. Uh, <laughs> Chronicles of Friday. Yeah,
2: yeah. There's very there's there's definitely it's it's I'm not putting it on par with Narnia. I'm uh, but it's it's well worth reading. Okay. And by the time the, by the time you get to the fifth book, you're like, yeah, that's, this is a Newbery, Newbery Award All right. Award I'll book. read
1: like 20 children's books I've never read. <gasps> I oh, can I
2: find it. I can find all 20 for you.
1: Okay. Well, easily. give me a list. I was
3: going to offer a list too. Good. So. Go.
2: What would be on your list? Well, I, was, I, I just put five on if you read the whole Chronicles. That's if I read that
1: books. whole set?
3: Yeah. I, I figured I'd come back to with what? a list. Oh, with one?
2: Well, just right Don't, now. Don't water you have babies. Off top? Water babies. Yeah. Good. Okay, I've never have read you, that. You've never read
1: that either? No, I did not grow up reading children's books.
2: To be
3: fair, that's like Victorian.
1: <laughs> okay, well, it is. thank it's, you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you but have for you've me, David? Kingsley,
0: right? Charles Kingsley? So, yes. so, so John... Um, got me reading these books called The, the Wing Feather Saga by Andrew Peterson oh yeah also read those and, oh
1: I think he even gave me one I just haven't read it yes and I read
0: <laughs> them I really enjoyed them I'm reading them to my kids right now and Cole is just saying terrible writing
2: in the first book they get better I just by through the bad writing I
0: just I just want to read it would you please stop reading me a chapter every night I just want to read it and I'm kind of making them just go through it. I'm kind of with night. Cole
1: here. That whole, you know, reading one chapter at a time. Yeah. Somebody else is reading it. They're probably reading it slowly.
3: Making all the dumb voices. Oh
1: my goodness. Oh yes, you know what they say. <laughs> What's wrong with dumb voices?
3: <laughs> oh my goodness. That that's like another sixty podcast series. Right there. <laughs> all right. Well, John, well,
0: do you? I. What 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 do you have to lead us out here? I, you know what? You I've have? been listening
2: to. Um, there is a podcast I listen to that is uh, entitled.
1: Wait, you listen to podcasts as well? I listen to podcasts. podcasts. Yeah,
2: it's uh, it's called The Pivot. It's by uh, and it's hosted by a guy named Andrew Osinga and he has uh, a new album out um, called Beautiful Places, and the title track off that album is is fantastic.
0: Well, alrighty, thanks everybody for being with us tonight. Uh, Today, this time, whatever it is I'm really uh, (laughs) glad you're with us Thanks Brent for uh, uh, dropping by It was really fun to have you on the podcast Thanks for having me I'm David
2: I guess I'm Brent I'm Amanda And I'm your exciting friend John Here's Andrew Asinga
0: the blue skies